0: Hello, and welcome to The Long Take, the podcast where two good buds talk about anything and everything film and cinema. I'm Taylor. And I'm Zach. We hope to bring our love of cinema to your car, speaker, laptop, headphones, whatever you may be listening on. So join us, put us in the background or foreground of your day as we explore the beautiful and vast world of film. Welcome to another episode of The Long Take, everyone. Uh, This week, we're going to be talking about emotional films, specifically films that made us shed a tear. Um, We're going to be comparing and contrasting some films that have made us cry, made us feel something deeply, uh, whether that has been our favorite romance flick or our favorite animated flick, because Pixar does that so incredibly well. Um, But we're just going to kind of talk about our personal uh, picks and then maybe some films that are kind of widely regarded as ones that make everyone uh, ball their eyes out in the movie theater. So, <laughs> um, and actually, I did, I wanted to start um, with Pixar in general. Um, and there is a very specific video on YouTube, uh, and it's called How Pixar Makes Us Cry with Music. Um, and it's r- this really interesting, in depth dive into. Um, how they craft scores, um, like, and how they the note placement um, of the scores that that triggers various emotions in us as we're watching, um, and it's it's literally a science and it's incredible and I think a great and I think we agree on this movie I think a great example is Up. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, because Up is this amazing, fun-loving, uh, warm heartwarming story um i'm sure everybody listening knows the story i don't need to go over the plot line if you haven't seen (laughs) up i would highly recommend it um it is absolutely a tearjerker it absolutely makes you feel something on the deepest level um and i know we both agree on that one
1: yeah i mean i think that just the introduction of in the film just the beginning opening like what, 20 minutes or 15 yes. minutes, however long it is. It's very short, but I think that just that little intro could be its own short film, and I wouldn't even need the rest of the movie because I, I did see the entire movie, and while it is very sweet and cute, and it's this kind of like, uh, you know, the the young kid getting the old man back in it, you know, kind of that sense of um, rekindling that childhood spirit, things like that, and of course, moving forward is kind of a theme in there. Um I, I still think that if it was just its own little twenty minute fifteen minute short film, that alone would have pa- would have packed a lot of punch, even in like the Oscar realm in terms of like a short film uh, nomination right there. Um, but that little opening theme, dude, it's like even thinking about it now, I can already feel like I, I don't know if you guys know what that is, but that feeling in your face when it just kind of hits you. Um, yeah. And I'm thinking about it now because that theme is so. Um, like it, 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 when you think of it, people mostly think of like, you know, somewhat cute, somewhat sad, um, all those different emotions. I remember one time I actually filmed a, <laughs> I filmed the <this> Snapchat <laughs> with my dog when I had like it was in the first year that I got her. But she was like sleeping. Uh, she looked very cute. So I, f- I filmed this Snapchat of her and it was in black and white and I dubbed it over with that opening song. And immediately someone sent back, like, Jesus Christ, did your dog die? And I was like, no, oh, yeah. that's not at all what happened. But because of the song, they immediately thought something had happened to Lucy. Um, and that's interesting you say that that it's a science because I have been wondering what in the fuck they do. Because yeah, there are a yeah. number of films that just know how to do it.
0: It's- Pixar knows how to do it incredibly well. And I I don't know. I don't
1: understand how they do it. I mean...
0: You should watch that video, man. And it it talks... um, Well, I don't know if it specifically talks about this, but what you were talking about and the part that makes me cry every single time. And I I watched it again for probably the seventh or eighth time the other night. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, it... I, I went into it. I was like, okay, I've seen this like a bunch of times. I know what's going to happen. I don't think I'm going to cry. Um, <laughs> but it's the it's the very specific running through their life together, yeah. Ellie and Carl. And it gets to the part. It got to the part where we find out. I don't really know exactly what it is. If she is, if she is sterile or he is sterile. There, there's something there that it's implied that they can't have a child.
1: I thought she had a miscarriage.
0: It may have been a miscarriage. That's what I'm saying. I think it's. I think it is a little bit open to interpretation. Mm-hmm. Um But as soon as that happens, man. I mean that, and it's. It's literally when that first note hits, mm-hmm. and it's married life. It's da 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 Um, I just absolutely lost it. I was sitting here by myself with Melvin, mm-hmm. and uh Melvin is my dog. Um, <laughs> I I absolutely lost it. I started bawling. Yeah, and then it kind of picks up again and you know they kind of accept uh they accept that and they kind of move on forward with their lives and then they get older and then you find out that she passes away Mm -hmm. and you know what i would say spoilers but you could know exactly what happens in this entire sequence and it's still going to make you cry i promise yeah um and then i just started bawling again i mean like everyone should watch that video again it's how pixar makes you cry with music or some variation of those words yeah it's amazing it's amazing what they do and they do it with all of their movies i mean toy story is another one where pixar nails that and the i can think of toy story four the most recently Mm -hmm. um when they when buzz and woody separate for lack of a better phrase yeah um, I, can I just I, – I'm going
1: to go ahead and throw this in there. Ike, this If you're listening, this is going to be, in at least on my end, an emotional episode. Um, because I think at the core of every movie that we're talking about, at least me, when it comes to why we're crying or why we're getting emotional, I feel like there is some kind of connection there. And I think that's, why, that's the thing about audiences. And we've talked about this before in one of our previous episodes about – you know, the films evoking emotion out of their audience. Yeah. And I think that Pixar is very good at doing that. And, you know, and and we'll get back to Toy Story, but I, I do want to say that, like, with Pixar in particular, I... Don't watch as many animated movies as, as some of my friends do, and it's funny when they recommend one to me. And I'm like, okay, like, how you know, whatever, fuck it, like, I'll just watch it, whatever, no big deal. And as soon as I put it on, they're already looking at me, and I'm like, what? And then they're like, nothing, just and then when that scene in that movie comes up, whether it's in the introduction, well, I mean, most of the time it is in the introduction because it sets our heroes or our uh protagonists on the journey that they're going on to. But I've seen so many movies when that's happened. And my friends look at me and they're like, gotcha. And I'm like, oh, you motherfucker. And like the tears just start rolling. Yeah. Like, and it it comes out of nowhere at all. And so when I'm in the privacy of my home, it's like, sure, cool. I'll cry all day and night. But, you know, I've gone to movies where I've seen – I've gone to like theaters when I've seen these movies. And it's a different experience, like, you're having to hold it back and whatnot, but, um, and that's the thing about Pixar, is I, it hits you when you least expect it, and you don't know yeah. where the emotion's coming from, but it's coming out, and you're bawling, um, but Toy Story, man, like, you said, you saying that, like, that, mm, that, it's already kind of making me like, my, I could yeah, feel you can feel it, so I can feel it,
0: yeah, it. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, they did it with. I mean, they do it with everything, but the most notable ones are obviously Up, mm-hmm. and then Toy Story, and um, three and four in particular, and then Yes, uh, Inside Out as well. Oh, um, that's the one, and dude. everybody, everybody knows the part in Inside Out, and it, it just it, it absolutely smacks you across the face. Yeah, um, bing bong bing bong. Yeah, in Inside Out, it it, it was.
1: And that was the one that like hit me. I I don't know why I didn't. When I was growing up as a kid, I didn't have. Okay, well, before I even get into that, I think the thing about Pixar films is that for us, you know, as children, I think it's a different experience. But as I think now that we're adults, we've lived through experiences, we've lived through moments in our life where these films and it's interesting because as I've grown and and watch films and things like that, you start to kind of catch those subtle like adult jokes or adult um, kind of like this is for them. Like obviously because you know growing up, who's taking you to the theater? Your parents, right? Yeah. So yeah. they're going to watch. And I think The Incredibles is a great example of like parents who are going there. They're all they're taking their kids to go watch this animated film about superheroes and this family. But the the adults, you know, your parents can probably watch The Incredibles and go, "Oh my god, that's so relatable" to some degree. And sure. I think that's the thing about these films, that we either grew up with them, and so when we're seeing Toy Story 3 and 4 coming out when we're in our 20s, and then you have you know uh, Inside Out, where it kind of reflects back to your childhood, or uh, Up, where it's like, okay, it's that journey. These guys met as, the, this couple met as children, then they grew up, they started dating each other, then they got married. And so you see mm-hmm. that, and, and I think as an adult, you can now say, like I've either been in that somewhat you know positioned in a relationship or my parents have done this or i've seen my grandparents or you you understand it um to some level and like with with toy story i think that was kind of one of those things where it's like it's coming to an end and and bing bong too like that like i i grew up i didn't have an imaginary friend i for whatever reason i just didn't like i couldn't wrap my head around that idea did you ever have one as a kid like I had a favorite blanket, and I had like a yeah, favorite toy. Yeah, I, I mean, but, I had
0: stuffed animals, but I don't think I, I don't think that I had an imaginary friend.
1: Yeah, and and I don't know why, because I, because Bing Bong is like the imaginary. I, I, didn't have that. Like I didn't have an imaginary friend like that. So I don't know why it hit me so fucking hard when it, when you know they're doing this scene and, you know, maybe it's a the idea of like your childhood, like the last bit of it kind of lingering and disappearing. I think that
0: that's, I think that's very astute. Yes. I agree with you there. Um, I think it could be that. I think it could, I think it's just, it could be applied to anything. It could be applied to your favorite stuffed animal. It could be applied to, um, you know, even your best childhood friend, you Mm -hmm. know, uh, because it's a lot of kids, uh, I'm sure their best friend in part of their childhood was their imaginary friend. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think that. I I think that the way you put it is absolutely correct. Um, it's kind of that last bit of, of. I don't know what the proper word is. That last bit of like frivolousness and mm-hmm. uh, carefree, that uh, that comes with being so young. Yeah. Um. And. I think just just not you may not be able to put your finger on it when it happens in the movie but i think it's relatable to any to everybody in some way mm-hmm. um it could even be relatable to an adult whose whose uh, mother or father just passed away or her grandparents just passed away you know yeah um it's just kind of a it's a very it's very it just pinpoints a very specific part of your brain yeah
1: and yeah like that's pixar does it every time man like and like like I said like Toy Story 3 and 4 um I grew up on those films. I mean I'm sure I mean obviously it sounds like you did too but yeah, absolutely. um like with my cousin um you know him and I we were we're in the same we're the same age things like that. So we always grew up as like Woody and Buzz, you know. Uh, me being the bigger kid, I was Buzz Lightyear, he was you know the Woody. But uh, we saw 3 and 4 together and I'll never forget when we saw 3 um, there was the scene. It's at the very end when they're kind of going down. Like it looks like they're gonna all literally burn in the in the uh, trash. Like whatever. Yeah, that's dude, yeah. <laughs> and it's so like intense. I'm like, holy shit! And of course, they're literally they, embracing death. Like exactly. All of these and they're kid, holding hands. these toys
0: that you grew up with. And
1: yeah, yeah. And it's just like. This is it. Like this is how they're gonna go out. And I'm like, that's pretty like violent for a, a children's movie. But again, I think as a child, they're like, okay, whatever. Like, no big deal. It's animation. Like, they don't really. Because again, they that's not. I don't think they've lived or experienced like the rest of them. It, it just there's not the same attachment. I don't think. But I'm watching this with my cousin. I remember the scene. They're all holding hands. And they look over at each other. And me and my cousin both just kind of we're sitting next to each other. We just look at each other. We don't. We're not holding hands. But we look at each other. And I can see. And he's, like, smiling, and I'm, like, tears in my eyes, and uh, I'm, like, immediately, like, I just mouth, I'm, like, fuck you, because I know he's just, like, holding it together way better than I am. Oh, yeah. Um, but I look, then we look back at the screen, and then it's, like, okay, you know, they're, they're saved, and then it ends with, you know, passing the torch on to Bonnie. You know, Andy's saying bye, Woody's saying bye, and that's that. I'm, like, okay, I don't have to go through this heartbreak again. And then we go to four, and I'm like, you motherfuckers. Like yeah, how dare yeah. you. They
0: do it again in four. <laughs> three was three was much more saturated with it though. Mm. With those emotional sequences, I think. Um uh when Woody realizes that Buzz won't be going to college with him. Yeah. Um And then the scene that you pointed out, uh when Woody writes that note to convince Andy to give all the toys to Bonnie. Yeah. Um and then, of course, that final, you know, when Andy says goodbye. Yeah. So long, um, partner. Yeah. yeah. Well, that was... Yeah, yeah.
1: That that was it for me. Like, it's Andy looking back and then, like, you know, of course, Woody just getting up. And it's that, you know, moving on. And I think that's kind of... In some of the films we've been talking about so far, I think that's a common theme. And I think... I bet you if we look back at a lot of the Pixar films, it's that art of letting go and moving on. Oh, um,
0: absolutely. Even, even, even when everything... Even when your 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 entire body is telling you not to, <laughs> how important it is to not—I I'm, mean, I'm serious. Yeah, how important it is to to let go, even yeah. when you feel like you shouldn't.
1: Yeah, it's and that's that's definitely something that is learned over time. Um, Pixar films are not—I think that's just a human thing that you know you learn over time to the, their art of letting go. Um, right. And you know, with number four, then we go to four and with Toy Story four, and we get to this finale and. Woody realizes he's no longer not necessarily like it's something he's not wanted it's just like he's like you know what like we've done what we needed to do for Bonnie she's at this point in her life and you guys don't need me anymore like you know he's always been trying to Woody's always been the leader he's always been that that guy you know but now he's like you know it, this is goodbye and then we really see though like the separation between Buzz and the group and Woody, which I think was a huge curveball because you would think like they're all going to hang out together, but they're not. They just separate. Yeah. So uh, that, and I, again, I saw that with my cousin Nick, and that was the same kind of emotion. Um, and this was when, again, three and four were in this theater. There's like all these kids running, like, you know, not running around, but they're crying. Or, well, they're not crying <laughs> even. They're just, they're in a different mindset. You know, they're there with sure, their, their yeah. parents who are coming out of their nine to five. Their parents are like, oh, I'm like, dragging, drag, drag little Julian to the theater, you know, drag a little Chad to the theater, whatever. And, you know, I'm like holding it back. And, you know, you know I don't know if you've forgotten that, uh, anyone who's listening, but you get to that point where you're crying. And it's what I call, I remember, I remember an ex of mine. She once said, I cry like Will Smith or no. She's like, you have that Will Smith, Channing Tatum cry. And I was like, what do you mean? She's like, you hold it back so much. You like you're trying, like, you, you, you do that one teardrop kind of thing. And you kind of like just, you know, you look mad, but you're not, you're just really sad, and you're trying to hold it together. And I was like, damn, all right, first of all, wow. Um, but those kind of instances are, were happening. And I was like, I'm really not trying to look like a baby in front of all these little kids who do not know me at all. Uh, yeah. But I'm trying to hold it back for them. And of course, like what happens, you get that one teardrop that that pops out of your right eye. Yeah. Um, and then it's just like, you know, and then of course they're playing the music at the right time and that note gets so high. And he's like, Alright, Buzz, I'm out of here, bro. And Buzz is like, Don't worry, man. Say no more. Say less, bro. I got this. And it's like, God. That's
0: God it. direct from the script.
1: From the script. That was this is the original draft I wrote, but they were like, and Buzz it's says, not gonna work bro. Say less. Yeah, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um But yeah, Pixar does a great I mean there there's a lot of movies. Like even Superhero what is it? Superhero. What is that movie with the B, what, fucking, BMO, what's his name? Uh e No, I, I can't remember Wally too much. Oh,
0: oh, Big Hero 6. Big
1: Hero 6, that was another yeah. one that, like, I was watching <laughs> yeah. with my roommates, and they were like, oh, you don't think, I was like, nah, bro, like, how bad could it, like, how sad could it get? And they're like, okay, let's just watch then. And then it hit me, and they looked at me, and they were like, gotcha, and I was like, fuck you guys. And yeah. I'm like, no, no. And I'm I, at this point I'm grabbing a blanket and I'm, like trying to cover my face because I'm like, this is not about to happen. And then there's like you just, the, gotta let, just let it go, man. Bro, that just was just the thing. It, it was so it was it did not I did not process that was gonna happen. I did not yeah. process that was gonna yeah. happen leading into the story, but it would hit me like out of nowhere. And even the ending of it, but then of course like they do that thing where it's like, Oh, you think this, but it's not really psych, we psyched you out. But yeah, you know, um animation and animated movies, especially I would say Pixar like they know how to do it they know how to like they just know how to how to how to make you ball like a baby no matter how old you are and the, yeah oh coco was another one too i don't know if you did you oh, ever yeah. watch coco
0: yeah yeah no coco was absolutely another one i was gonna Jesus. say coco i was gonna say monsters inc as well but i think it's just it's it's their ability to aside from the music that is mm-hmm. a huge part of it but it's it's their ability to create a connection with the characters in the film which i think is i think that's like the how you start uh creating emotions in your audience to begin with mm-hmm. uh, creating deep emotions getting them connecting the character that you're creating to the watcher yeah the viewer um and just continuing to to sort of i guess weave that web for lack of a better phrase um between them and Pixar is incredibly good at doing that um uh, another film sort of moving away from Pixar a little bit, but one that I think really really capitalized on on that notion in particular and creating those connections with saving private Ryan. Yeah,
1: um, yeah, for sure. And
0: that's, that's definitely one of mine, personally, mm-hmm. um, that makes me – that digs up some pretty deep emotions. Is
1: um, is there, like, a particular, like, sequence or scene or character? Yeah. Like, what is it about that movie in particular? Because I, I do – like I have some emotions in some in some parts of the film. I mean, it's a very great film, and I was watching some clips the other day, actually. Um, just kind of, you know, you stream, on, you go on YouTube, and then you find like that one random page, and you end up like watching whatever videos. But what was it about that film for you?
0: Well, the the scene that comes to my there are a couple of scenes. Um, one scene that comes to my mind in particular is when uh, Giovanni Rabisi characters. Char- Giovanni Ribisi's character is dying.
1: Damn you, bro. Damn
0: you. Damn you yeah.
1: for this. I and god damn you.
0: <laughs> it's I mean it and that's that well that's what I'm saying about, you know, what I said about Pixar about creating that a connection between the character and the and the viewer and they uh S- Steven Spielberg, right? Yeah, Steven yeah. Spielberg did an incredible job um conveying the camaraderie and, and brotherly love between these uh soldiers. Mm-hmm. And did an incredible job connecting you to them as well. Yeah, um, and so that scene in particular, you know, the, it's like they are all losing someone, and and you are losing someone as well. Yeah, um, I think and, the way that they
1: draw it out too, like it's not an yeah. over and quick scene like some death scenes in movies would be, but they draw it out like, but in a good way. Like it's effective in the in the way that it's filmed and shot. Like it in, I think in the. And, and maybe I'm just too naive or, or not uh, too technically savvy on, on how this is done, but the way that the shot is where it's very close up in there. So as he's bleeding out, and as they're bandaging him up, things like that, like it's very close in, Yeah. like you're in there.
0: Yes, and he's he's crying for his mama. Yeah. If you remember that in particular. Oh, absolutely. Which, which um, it's just, I, I know that in general, about the whole movie in general, uh, a lot of World War II veterans have said like, this movie gets the closest you can possibly get to reenacting what it was actually like Mm -hmm. to be on the beaches of Normandy, um, to be on the front lines. And, you know, uh, Tom Hanks was inducted to the army ranger hall of fame. I don't know if hall of fame is the correct word, but you get the gist, um, for that role. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, man, that scene, uh, gets me every time I see it, uh, because you and you sort of see all these these soldiers break a little bit, yeah. Um, you know, and they they've just gone through this absolutely traumatizing. Uh, what's even the word The the like the entire journey to that point? Normandy is. They've gone through all of these horrific experiences. Yeah, and you know, you just want them to catch a break. Um, but. I think a, another scene that I think speaks to me more personally um because I am of the Jewish faith I am of the tribe <laughs> um yeah it's it's this like fight where, where private malish is is literally fighting for his life and it's just him mm-hmm. and this Nazi soldier and it's it feels like three hours because oh, yeah. the end of it is when he's like pushing the knife down into private mellish and it goes so slowly Yep. and it's just that like that image Mm -hmm. of a Nazi soldier on top of a soldier whom you know is to be Jewish, you know, because he, he has the star of David necklace and he, and he talks about it in the film, but it's, it's a little bit more personal for me, but I think in general, it is an incredibly well done scene. And I'm sure I'm not the only person in the world who, who is, uh, emotionally affected by that in particular um and then i think i remember at the end uh, oppum is still sitting on the stairs like crying and the the nazi soldier comes out and just like walks past him
1: yeah because he knows he's like you you're already defeated you've already like lost you fucked up on literally every front right now you couldn't kill me you couldn't save your friend you are pretty much just sitting here shitting your pants right now like you i don't need to do anything to you and i think that's I think that's even uh, that's a worse loss than you know having at least tried. But but it's interesting because I remember watching that and I was so angry. I was so angry, and a lot of people were like, "Well, what would you do in that situation?" And you know, I don't know what I would do in that situation. Yeah, that's a
0: very tough question. You
1: know, but but that's that's a question I think everyone likes to throw out there, given any situation, whether it's that um, war-related or really anything. It's like, well, what would you have done? You know. but you won't know until you're actually in that situation. You know, I could sit here and say, like, yeah, I would run up there and save my boy, like, you know. But would I? Or would I be, you know, trying to just survive, you know? And and you make a very interesting point about the characters and, and the relationship between them, that, that brotherhood. Um, and it's been a while since I've seen it, but from... The very beginning, the 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 craziness and and the chaos and all of that that was you know the you know storming the beaches of Normandy. Um, mm-hmm. This crew just kind of comes together like they're not part of the same crew. Like they just come together because it's like, hey, who do we have left over? Right? Am I, am I, am I getting that wrong or is that right?
0: I, I believe that you are correct.
1: Okay, so it's interesting and and you know looking back and kind of thinking about it now that we're talking about it, there was a when I was in college, I took a class on on. Um, Stage playwriting uh, mm-hmm. or playwriting. And um, one of the, you know, they we were talking about different, you know, uh, writers, things like that. And one it's very tough, but it's very fun and interesting when the writer takes a bunch of different random characters and throws them into a pot, but and they have to work together. Yeah. So when it comes to big ensemble films, you know, like trying to even compare it in a sense to like, you know, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, Suicide Squad, Knives Out, uh, Clue even, that old, you know, Clue, literally the movie Clue. You have these different characters and you throw them in together and kind of make a mesh. And if you're able to create that great relationship and that great bond and make the audience feel something about these characters. You've absolutely knocked it out of the park, and yep. I agree with you 100 percent that Saving Private Ryan did a very good way of making you feel connected to these individuals. Because even at one point, it's right after I think Rabisi's character passes away. Tom Hanks, you know, they have this big fight, and Tom Hanks says, "You know, I was a teacher, like back yeah. home. That's who I was." Like,
0: yeah, because th- th- during the whole movie, they have the like they have the pot um, where they sort of jokingly share bets about what the captain does because he doesn't reveal it and he has that hand tremor Mm -hmm. um and everyone's kind of like what did he do you know there's that big mystery that sort of like surrounds his character and then yeah as you said he's like i was a teacher and it's that that's like that's like very central point to the movie Mm -hmm. emotionally yeah because it it, it, as an
1: audience member it's just kind of like literally these were everyday people that were drafted into this war you know not everyone out here is captain america not everyone out here is you know the terminator or rambo like they're just normal people who got drafted into a very shitty war you know with shitty conditions and that again drops that Hey, we're on the same level here but rabisi's character that one hit a lot um it's rough man it it is is
0: it's really rough and they do Um, the same
1: thing with that other with the other sequence where it's very close camera you know it's it's in there you're in there so you're seeing that knife literally like it's like yeah you know going in to the chest you can Mm. hear that noise you know it's it's very tight shot uh and yeah i mean that that's a yeah that's a that's a tough one to get through i mean you can play call of duty all day and now you watch that film and it's not mm -mm, yeah you know
0: yeah very very different um
1: i will say though yeah i will say on that war note though i mean like um as a child of somebody in the military uh it i've i've grown to appreciate um you know i've grown to appreciate war films more closely and they do have a personal attachment you know like you were saying um you know with that character being of, of jewish uh, uh you know of the jewish religion um on that note, with, you know, being a child of the military, things like that. You know, my, my dad, he did do some tours, um, you know, in Afghanistan, things like that. So um, now, every time I watch a movie like like any kind of war film, you know, more so, I think modern day war films, um, yeah. it does strike a core with me with some of those characters. Oh, because absolutely. They, you know, they build these these brotherhoods, and I and I've met soldiers who, <clears throat> unfortunately, they did not make it back home. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I've met soldiers through my dad and then I, I come to find out they'd ever made it back home. And, um, right. it's tough. It really is. Um,
0: yeah, I have no, I have absolutely no doubt.
1: And, uh, you know, excuse me for getting a little emotional here, but, uh, there was a, like, like if it's one of those, like, you know, I know we talked about like the, the sequels of Jarhead, things like that. Like those don't affect me too much, but it's those more, you know, serious ones and then say what you want about lone survivor but that was actually one that for whatever reason i remember one that i watched i think i watched it for the second time and i just started bawling at the end and my roommates yeah. were like what's going on with you dude and i was like i'm so sorry i don't know where it's coming from and i was just bawling Well, you shouldn't
0: have to apologize but yeah
1: well because it just was coming out of nowhere that's the thing and it and like let's be honest everybody like if you're crying like if you're the only one in the room crying like it does create like an awkward like like what is going on, like for at least an instant. Like, I mean, until you find out what's actually going on. Um, but yeah, I mean like the story of, of Marcus Luttrell and, and his team and uh just what happened, you know. Um yeah. it was unfortunate and I think a lot about, you know, like when it comes to those kind of things, um, what could have been, you know, what could have happened. Um and you know, of course they play this montage at the end of the film and that gets me every time. Because it really does say, like, hey, while this was an action movie and this is something that kind of, like, you know, to some degree entertain audiences, like, this was a real – or based on a true story. Right. Um, These are real people. These events, you know, were as as close as they could get. Um, You know, American Sniper was kind of this on the same boat, too. Not as impactful, in my opinion, um, as I think the the source material and the movie were very different in how they portrayed Chris Kyle. Um, Mm -hmm. And then – not, in, well, I was, I was going to say Jarhead, but not necessarily, but I think Lone Survivor was one for me, um, in terms of, you know, war films, uh, since we're kind of on that train there, I mean, that was definitely one of me, even Forrest Gump, even kind of, again, Tom Hanks, great actor, I mean, that dude knows what he's doing, and, Yeah. um, I think back to the, the scene where, uh, Bubba does, you know, Bubba's dying on the beach, um, and I know we, we you know, when we, when we came up with this topic of discussion, um, and as I've already told you, you know, uh, I didn't expect to be as emotional going in and looking at these clips, um, kind of cause you know, and obviously we we do our homework for the, for these, for these episodes and, um, going back and looking through like Forrest Gump, there are so many scenes in that movie that just like fucking hit you really hard. Yeah. There's all and it. And I have no idea where it's coming from, but like, I know Bubba's death was one and, um. You know, in Fury, it kind of has an effect on me. But I think there's something about those. I think it's like that brotherhood essence for me, at least, Um, as I, you know, with my with my close group of friends, you and, and, you know, some of our close friends, you know, we have that camaraderie and that brotherhood. So um, for me, that's where it kind of, I think, pulls from emotionally, because it's like, what if this was us? You know, like, how would I be affected in that sense? You know?
0: Yeah, it definitely puts that thought in your head, makes you start thinking, uh, you know, about that question that, you know, what would you do? Um But yeah, war films are, are really great at that. And I think that, I think war films, whether based on a true story or otherwise, um they're, they're, they have an initial sort of like, we are, as audience, like we expect some kind of death at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, because that's what war brings. War brings death. Yeah. And, uh, I think sort of backtracking real quick just on this topic to that sure. scene with Giovanni Rabisi's character. Yeah. Um, if you remember, you know he gets shot through the stomach mm-hmm. um, in that scene where they're trying to take the uh, the machine gun nest. Yeah. And uh, they're all sort of crowded around him, like you said, very close, very uh, a very close camera angle, um, and it's that like impending death is there because. You know, I think I don't remember lines specifically, but uh, Tom Hanks's character, the captain, is is like, wait, you know, how do how do we fix you? Because R- R- is the medic, mm-hmm. um, and he's like, what do we do? What do we do? And he says, I could use a little morphine, and it's that like, it's that I remember that moment in particular. I, it hit me it hits me extra hard because it's kind of like, it's that death that he knows is coming you know mm-hmm. because he doesn't say how to fix him he doesn't he's like i'm going to die just give me some morphine yeah um and so i think it's interesting to think about as you you know war films in particular that sort of like already established someone is going to die um and saving private ryan even though you come, even though you're expecting it, it it does an incredible job of, of still hitting you right across the face. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I mean, I just think, I think being based on something true Mm -hmm. is also a big contributor to how emotional a movie is. Um, and did you have did you have any particular that you wanted to share any mo- like films specifically
1: I mean, yeah, I mean, there's, there, I mean, I have a couple on like a, uh, on a list here. And, uh, you know, one of the films, that I, and I mentioned it before, um, was Warrior. Um, and, you know, uh, Gavin O'Connor, who who does, who did that. He did The Accountant. Um, he did uh, The Way Back. I mean, they all have some emotional, they all get an emotional reaction from me in some degree. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know we're we're gonna be obviously we're gonna I think we're done with the war talks here. So, um, but yeah, I mean this film warrior. I mean it's about these these brothers and then their estranged father things like that. Um, and every you know it's like it's like we've talked about like films they have a way of evoking emotion um, and they connect with an audience to some degree on some level you know no matter what. And when I watched that film, you know I watched it years ago. I think I was in high school, so it was probably 2012 when I watched it, and eight years later now, I mean, I watched it like two months ago, I I still cry every time at at this particular scene, and it's Nick Nolte um, in what I would say is one of his best performances ever, I mean, I believe he was nominated for an Oscar um, Mm -hmm. for this movie, but he, um, you know, he plays this estranged father who is a recovering alcoholic, things like that, and You know, Tom Hardy, he's training his son, Tom Hardy, who they have a very estranged relationship, like very, extremely estranged. Like it's not as bad as the relationship between Nick Nolte and Joel Edgerton um, playing father and son. Um, But of course, throughout the film, you kind of uncover like what happened in their upbringing to lead them to this point. And I um, on a personal note, um, you know, at the time of which I watched that film, my parents were going through a divorce. And so, um, you know putting that into context with the, with the film, I couldn't help but see me and my, me and my brother in that situation. Sure. Um, you know, and, and we've grown up and we have a little bit of a better relationship nowadays. Um, but the same kind of thing with the, with the dad figure, uh, with, with, with you know, that lingering estranged, you know, um, aspect. And there's a True. scene where Tom Hardy, his character pretty much tells you know, his dad to fuck off and he just goes at him, you know, and he's trying, you can tell he's really trying, um, Patty is his character's name. So he's really trying and he relapses and he goes on this binge and he gets extremely drunk Mm -hmm. and it just is him yelling and he's listening to this. I believe he's listening to old man in the sea, like an audio tape, an audio book. Um, and he's just going, he's yelling in his hotel room. There's bottles everywhere and the way that they shoot it and you can see it. And he's just, he's lost it, you know? And yeah, he's bawling and he's yelling at the same time. And, um, you know, Tom Hardy's character kind of wakes up and he's looking at him and then he ends up, you know, kind of taking care of him a little bit. But that scene always gets me because it's this guy who's trying so hard to have this relationship with his son and his son just does not give a shit. Yeah. You know, he's like, I only need you for this. I don't need you for anything else. Sure. And, you know, and I think it's, um, I think we should all. We recognize the things that we do in our past, but it's about growth. Life is about growth, and I think that's one of the things about this film, um, same as The Way Back, where Ben Affleck plays an alcoholic coach. You know, it's about that growth. It's about moving past. You know what you used to be. You know, sure. you may have been an asshole yesterday, but how are you going to change that today? How are you going to be a better person tomorrow? You know, sure. and they they do that in such a way. It's kind of like you know he's you, and that's and it kills me. To watch this because there probably are relationships out there like that and, and you know I know some myself um, but that scene always kills me when he's just he's like lost all hope essentially and, and you know when you when you are in rehab and you are trying to be that you know better person it can be hard addiction is hard to beat so for him to you know constantly like hey I'm gonna hit like a thousand days and his son's like who gives a shit like that's a big thing for him. Like you can tell in the yeah. story, like he's been he's been dealing with this for a long time. Like you know, um, so that's the film that always gets me. Um, and and again, like I've said it before, but Gavin O'Connor has a way of writing where he really draws out those personal connections with the, with the people involved. It's not just like oh that's my brother, that's my dad, like this that. that. But he has a way of really like making it real. It's not, yeah, does that make sense? Like, it's not, it doesn't sound so staged and it doesn't feel like it's just written. It's like, this is real. And who knows? Like, I don't know much about him as a, as a person. So, and I think that's one of the tough things about writing is when you write, you obviously don't want to be like, you know, calling people out, just changing their name on screen. But it's kind of like, yeah, this is what I know. Right? So, yeah, um, that's yeah. definitely one of those films that, that gets me every time. I mean, there's, you know, plenty of I me mean, Crash is another one, you know, and it's just, it, it's one scene in Crash. I mean, the movie's okay, but there's, like, a scene in there that gets me every time. But, I mean, like, I, yeah, I mean, that, Warrior would be my pick for, like, a film that, that gets me. I mean, um, do you have, I guess, it, do you have, like, a film that hits you on a very, very personal level?
0: I mean, I think, I think that... The relationship between parents and kids, and and the relationship between two parents, is those are very very heavy hitting. Um, they're very uh, difficult ones to dive into in a film, and there there are a few films that do it correctly, and and it sounds like for you, Warrior is one of those. Yeah. Um. And I think that you know the those close relationships are 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 really they're tough ones to see on the big screen, especially if you've been through something similar. Mm-hmm. Um, like uh, I think another really great one that, that does that as effectively as, as I'm sure Gavin O'Connor does is uh, Noah Bombach's marriage story. Oh, Um yeah. It's one that, hit, that hits <laughs> me especially hard uh, on the note of, of parents going through a divorce, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, there are a lot of, of children of divorce in the world and, and, Everybody's story and, and pain is individual, and uh, in, individual and different and relative and, um, but marriage story, you know, it's based on his personal experience, mm-hmm. uh, as far as I can tell. But it, Scarlett Johansson and Adam Driver do an unbelievable job creating that chemistry and yeah. breaking that chemistry and creating it again. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's that. Hard-hitting relationship, that close relationship, like Warrior is with with father and son, and Marriage Story is with two parents and their child. Yeah. Um. You know, and keeping a family together, Mm -hmm. uh, is is a a big theme there, I think. Um, Yeah. But Marriage Story definitely another one, and sort of, I wanted to bring up one that I think you and I definitely agree on. Hmm. Um, and it may be on a little bit of a tangent, but, uh, one that I know we agree on is La La Land. Damn it. I was like going to bring that <laughs> up. Like, so you're like, well, you have like your
1: parents and then you have your, your, you know, your marriage. And I was like, <clears throat> well, what about like
0: dating? You know? Oh, Hey, this, yeah. This, this, but yeah, no. Man.
1: Um, yes, that's a very, yeah. That was a La weird Land time is, in my is, life.
0: Is a hard hitting one. And it's, it's also very, very centered around music. Hmm. Um, and the theme is, oof, the theme. But I
1: I think that because I remember I was watching it when I when I watched it, I the ending comes out of like nowhere. If you've never seen it, you like really didn't know much about it. Like I mean, I went in there, I was like, okay, it's a musical, but it kind of isn't actually. Like yeah, it has musical numbers, but it's really like just a romantic movie. Um, and like as the film goes on, you like thinking one thing. And you're like, okay, cool, 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 and you're like, okay, the ups and downs, like that makes sense. And then the ending hits, and you're like, oh, fuck you. And the it's, ending
0: is a bomb. It's absolutely it's
1: a, yeah. It's, it, it, it takes your heart, rips it out of your chest, Mortal Kombat style, squeezes it till the blood's drained, then puts it and back I, in there and says, hey, have fun with that. And you just I think sit that, there. Yeah, like, I think oh.
0: that's kind of like our our. And I know the Notebook came around on our time. I haven't seen the Notebook. It's sorry. overrated, dude. But I- <laughs> but I know that for a lot of people, when the Notebook came out, that I feel like that sort of like the way it rips your heart out is similar. That's mm-hmm. all I want. That's all I want. Oh to say. oh.
1: Yeah, I, well, I remember watch. I remember when it came out, like that was the big thing, and I remember, like, I literally remember this, and I was like scared for my life because I had no idea what was going on. But my sister was watching it. Like, we had, a, we got a DVD from Blockbuster. That's how old this movie is. Um, <laughs> and my sister was watching it in my parents' room, and I remember walking by in the hallway, and she's just like just bawling these fucking tears dude there's tissues all over the bed and the movie's on and i'm like i open the door like what she's like oh, get out like you know typical bullshit and i don't know she's probably like 15 Minecraft. at the time yeah get out of my fucking room and <laughs> she's like bawling and then i i ended up seeing it now i will say that the ending is very sad like it yeah. is very sad it kind of plays on that same note of up it, I, it just prolongs it like you know um yeah. but yeah la la land man like that's one that just Like And I I think it has to do with, and and, I mean, as as I've thought about the film, and I've only seen it once all the way through, and I don't know why I haven't seen it again. I mean, I own it. I don't know if that's just like a personal choice or maybe psychologically I don't want to watch it again. But it did for me what I, and this is for me why I love film, because film teaches you a lot about yourself. It teaches you a lot about life. It teaches you a lot about why things, it, it just teaches you. You know, um, and say what you will, like, say that's dramatic, say that's a little stupid, say whatever you want. But for me, film was something that was comforting. So growing yeah. up, I had film to rely on. I had film and television to rely on. You know, I didn't always have the best people teaching me things as how they should be. I had to learn through film and, and television, and you know, and fortunately, I think, um, and La La Land was one of those films when I did watch it, um, it taught me a lot about relationships. It taught me about the art of it's okay that it didn't work out. Yeah. Because it puts people in the right direction. It, sometimes relationships are there to help guide you to the right spot of where you need to be in life. That's like,
0: that That's that Ryan Gosling smile at the end, man. Exactly. And that's, that's that, that Everything's right going to be okay.
1: He gets what he wants. She ultimately gets what they want. But they could not do it together. They had to go their separate ways. They had to deal with it. And I, and I love that at first it's that typical like fuck you, fuck you kind of like thing. But kind of before the film really ends it's kind of like i'm always gonna love you like i'm always gonna love you too yeah you know i appreciate everything like it's very mutual and i think that around that time you know if not a little bit beforehand relationships to me were not like that it was a lot of the fuck you or like i'm just gonna ghost you or whatever you know i was in college at the time but i feel like that's how relationships kind of were for whatever reason, like you can't be
0: friends, like you can't be happy for the other person. Sure, there's that, there's that kind of limbo, yeah.
1: Right, but then obviously, when I'm older. It's like it's okay. Like I'm happy for you. I'm happy you're, you know, doing X, Y, Z. I'm happy that you are successful in whatever you're doing. You know, yeah. I want I think you that's to a be Great happy. lesson to
0: take from that movie. Absolutely.
1: And and again, going back to what we started talking about, the art of letting go and moving forward. And again, it's like. We may not have been the best together, but separate, you know, you're now a movie star and now you own your own bar, You know, your own jazz club. Maybe that's what we needed to do. Maybe we needed to meet each other to push us onto those paths. And that's actually what Damien, uh, Damien Chazelle, I believe, that's his last name, but that's kind of the idea. He really liked that idea. Hence kind of the, the story we got now, obviously elements of auditioning, things like that came from the actors, but I I was blown away. By everything that film had to offer, I mean, I mean, like, I'm talking about this, but like, what, you, what about you? I mean, like, when you saw, like, what were your thoughts? Like, what went through your head? Like, why is it as impactful? I mean, is it as impactful to you as it is me?
0: I I think that I don't know if I if I gave it that much thought when I saw it um, as much as you did, mm-hmm. um, but I am now, and I appreciate <laughs> that. Um, but I, it was it was def, it was absolutely it did make an impact on me. Um, I think I was uh, I don't remember when I saw it or who I saw it with, but uh, it I think you touched on what it's trying to convey very well. Um, and I just I love the chemistry that they created together mm-hmm. um, and I loved the music in the film, yes, especially. Um, and then I became very attached to that theme. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I think I'm appreciative that I, that I am able to talk with you about it. Cause I never gave it that, that in-depth thought. Um, but you know, it's relationships in general, mm-hmm. whether it's family or dating or marriage is, they're just, obviously <laughs> they carry a lot of weight, Yeah. um, and they can, they can really – film can really do an incredible job of, of smacking, smacking you across the face with, with uh, relationships. And um, I want a specific film for me, probably the most recent one that has come out that I've – well, I guess maybe not the most recent one, but um, – Whatever. One film for me that, that really touches on that um, is Lion. Yeah. And um, I know that's kind of a, a, a far cry from from dating, but I think... I mean, it's, I it still know. falls in that emotional range. I mean, for sure.
1: I mean, I... Now, I will say this because I got a lot... Of, like, when I was working at my previous job, there was everyone there had seen this movie, and they were, cra- they were shocked when I said I hadn't seen it yet. Um, I watched it. I will say, while really, obviously, like, a very emotional story, I didn't cry. I, like, cracked I mean, a fine. smidge of a tear at the very end of the <laughs> we, film. We don't
0: have to measure it with a measuring cup. Well, no, I just
1: want to say, because, like, I didn't, I don't think I felt as the emotional impact as I think you did. Yeah. And I'm curious just to know, maybe, well, like, what it was about that film. Or maybe it's just that I'm just a sociopath and you're not. I don't know.
0: <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I, I films, movies, TV shows books everything touches affects people in different ways it's not um it, yeah <laughs> um i i don't know why man i i think that i mean in particular it's at the end that really punches me in the gut um when dev patel who plays uh, grown-up mm-hmm. saru uh finds his family yes yep. you know after this long 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 journey mm-hmm. and they're they're really more of happy tears at that point um yeah but this this the film is just incredible at, at again at connecting you with this these children who uh you know become lost and separated from their family and then uh you know you jump forward and or I guess before you jump forward he he's adopted by you know Nicole Kidman and and the husband of this, this Australian family um and he's raised very very well. Yeah. Um but he still has this hole. You know, he still has this something that's missing from his life even though, you know, he has a girlfriend who loves him mm-hmm. and he went to college and he has an incredible loving family and they sort of had problems on their own. Um but for the most part, you know, he grows up with a with a a generally fine family um but he's still like i said he he just he's still searching for something um and i i just i guess i can't really pinpoint why uh but lion absolutely hits me when i see it even though it may be more of happy tears it's just this long agonizing you know painful adventure that he he just he wants to find his family yeah and then he does and it's just it's just an incredible ending to an incredible film
1: i think um i think for me like in that ending because that's that's too where like a lot of the emotion came from um was not i mean it was seeing his mother after all that time and she's very old now and then i think he ended up having like a sister um yeah and then there was like but then they find out what happened to the brother because the big question he'd been wondering is like what happened to his brother that night yeah, and he found out what happened. And spoiler alert: um, I'm was he? I think he was like run over by a train or something like that.
0: Well, I or don't I forget
1: what happens, but his brother essentially died. But I forget like because I think yeah. it was that night he he died, which is why he never came back for him. Yeah, but I forget like what happened. Like, do you remember what it was?
0: Um, I'm trying to remember specifically, um, but I think you basically landed on it i mean yeah that, that's
1: that for me i think hit me the hardest is like you sing seeing your mom you sing seeing your sister and then it's like where's that brother that like this is the big question i think looming or one of the big questions looming in the film is what happened to him it was uh gordu and sordu like what happened to them though yeah and i think it was what happened and i think
0: it was i think you're right i think it had something i think it was either like it was presumed that something happened with the train
1: yeah, and I think I don't know why that that hit me. I mean, I have a lot of brothers in my family, but um, just knowing that like that's what actually happened. It, his brother never abandoned him. His brother didn't try and like sell him off. It was just like a freak accident. He actually went to go try and help out and do or do something for them, and he just never came back because he didn't make it. Um, yeah. But I think it's kind of like that that little bit of closure, and that that that's what kind of got me. Uh, but I yeah. think yeah, just that entire scene of him going home and like seeing everybody and you know all that was um very emotional, very emotional. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, taking a little bit of a turn on on those and uh I'm curious on your thoughts on like superhero films. Like I like you know that because that's one that I had on my list. So I actually want to kind of I'm curious to see your thoughts on the death of Tony
0: Stark or the death of Logan. If you're as asking to, me Yeah, if as I to cried which which the end of Infinity War the answer is, yes. Well,
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, let me I guess I guess which one had more of an emotional impact on you? Or Endgame, uh, sorry. Endgame or I mean Infinity War had an emotional impact on me. I was like, "Holy fuck, like the movie's over and like we don't know what's happening." But I uh, I haven't seen Logan, so I cannot speak oh, to Logan. Okay. Well, okay. Well, go watch that. Um, and you'll understand why, but that was one I had on my list because of reasons, and obviously I'll let you just kind of figure out why.
0: You're you're so welcome to to share.
1: Well, I mean, if it isn't already obvious, I mean, uh, Hugh Jackman hung up his claws; he's not doing it. So yeah, you yeah. know, at the end of the film, he does die. Um, he finally, you know, dies after after being immortal for so many years. Um, but I was going to ask you, like, if you thought that Logan had a better, had a more of an emotional impact on you than Tony Stark's death, because in my opinion. I, I cried more watching Logan than I did watching, uh, than I did you know with Tony Stark's death, and I I don't know why it was because I mean I I knew they were both coming, I just think it was maybe in the, in the delivery of how it was done maybe I don't know but I was curious to see what your thoughts were.
0: Well, I will have to watch Logan, but I, you think maybe it has to do with his, maybe that Logan's journey was a little bit more solo.
1: It could be that it's just not as convoluted as like. Or it's I not guess as, as team oriented, perhaps. But also at the same time, it's kind of like, you know, with Iron Man, we've been on this journey since '08, which kicked off the entire MCU, and then you know this was like Avengers One. We've been set that set the the playing field for the rest of these other films, and you know all sure. these different stories that interweave. There's a lot of relationships, a lot of emotions there. So then going into this film where he's literally like I don't want to do anything. I'm happy with my life. And then it's like I have everything I need. I have a child now. I'm married to the woman of my dreams. Like and then for all that to kind of just be taken away pretty quickly. Um but maybe that's it too is because we didn't have enough of emotional investment whereas I think Logan does a very good job of emotionally investing you in such a in my opinion a short time. Not that the film's short, but I'm saying because it is in a 2-hour film and I think the difference between you know, X Men Origins Wolverine, then the Wolverine, and then Logan are very different. But also knowing that Hugh Jackman has done what X Men One, Two, Three, the three origin films, he's done spot you know little cameos in the other ones. I, I'm maybe that's what it is too. It's just like you know, and maybe it is that solo adventure. But even then, like I don't know, and maybe that's the thing about the MCU is I knew that they would never kill off their people in their solo films. Which they did it. They always kind of hinted at it, like, but they never did it. Like they would not be a waste of money? Kill him off in the big Avengers finale, but yeah,
0: I'm I think Tony Stark's death was very uh, emotional. Obviously, yeah, um, but I think I was more affected. Uh, like I felt a little bit more with um both Groot's death in Guardians of the Galaxy and Spider Man, um. Obviously not permanent death, but Spider Man in, in Infinity War.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. I mean Um because
0: yeah. he had you know, he had that relationship with with Tony Stark and mm-hmm. um that the classic Mr. Stark I don't feel so good you know, yeah. is which has been memed yeah. uh yeah. to death. But <laughs> no pun intended, uh, right? It is yeah. Well, <laughs> I didn't even catch that. Um but yeah, that's there. Superhero films is, I think, its own league. Yeah, in a way, they've got to do it um, just right though, because they can get like
1: superhero movies. I think can be overshadowed by all the action and all the other crazy shit true. happening. That like you have to be really good at you have the writing to emotionally hit me with like, you know, like like I'm gonna be honest with you. Like when Black Widow died, I was like, oh no. Anyway, uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, and Gamora, I was more, I don't know why, but I felt worse for I think Gamora and her death than I did Black Widow's. Because I think Black Widow's came out of nowhere, whereas Gamora's was like, okay, this actually kind of makes sense story-wise.
0: Yeah. We also had more insight into... I think we had more insight into Gamora.
1: You know what? I think you're right, because... We
0: didn't have a Black Widow solo film. I mean, we didn't have a Gamora solo film, but we had Guardians of the Galaxy.
1: But we had enough knowledge from two Guardians of the Galaxy films, plus the relationship, you know... Well, I guess even the the relationship set up in Infinity War, you know, in that, again, a small amount of time, you know, if you're able to pull that off, which I think the films did, the three films that she was a part of did very well of like, you know, there's this big Titan and then it's like the the two daughters and blah, 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 blah. Like, you know, yeah. So I, I agree with that. I agree with that. Maybe the Black Widow didn't get her shot because of whatever, like she, there wasn't enough backstory. And I think Joss Whedon tried that in, in the second Avengers film, but it did not work because, we just didn't, like, you'd have to be, like, a big comic, I mean, you'd have to actually understand the comics, things like that, to understand, like, the whole Red Room and all that other stuff going on, like, with the with her little visions and whatnot, whereas each of yeah. these other guys, we got solo films and backstory, so we understood where they were coming from.
0: I think that, yeah, I think that definitely contributes, I mean, uh, I think that Infinity War did an incredible job, just with the entire scene of everyone fading away.
1: Yeah, and I, yeah, um, and, and I will say, yeah, to your point, I think Peter Parker's you know, death was probably the most emotional. Uh, that, yeah. or maybe even Groot. I think, but yeah, that the Groot and Guardians of the Galaxy was 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 a rough one. Well, I meant Groot in Infinity War. Just even watching little, because I mean, like they already lost him once. Oh and yeah, got to lose him again. Yeah. And it's yeah. Rocket and his relationship that I think is so very very much so like it's it's a very it's a good relationship and you and you've understood it since the first guardians and it's always built up and you know groot has been compared to like a baby yoda kind of in that same playing field um you know they don't say anything
0: but their emotions and the way they act speak volumes Um, it's it's all about how many branches a character has and and also if that character has a branch to you yeah you know you know who, who else are they connected to Mm -hmm. um i guess not so much how many but the quality of the branches oh for Um, sure and yeah i mean bucky barnes was i mean that that whole that whole sequence that that whole scene because it and and maybe this is going a little bit too in-depth on superhero films which is going to have its own episode but oh for sure it's gonna be like four parts (laughs) that whole um the infinity discussion Mm -hmm. um (laughs) that whole uh Scene was completely unexpected for me. Like, I, I, then again, I didn't read the comics or anything, so I didn't see any of it coming.
1: Um,
0: I mean, I kind of like that. I remember watching and being like, no, 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 no No way, no way. Like, because how often in a movie does the bad guy win and then it's over, right? Yep. Um,
1: so I remember that. that, Well, when I I watched it, I remember like looking at, uh, looking at Ajish and, uh, you know, I was like, as soon as it happened, him and I were in the theater. We just started looking at each other. And he's looking at me for answers, and I'm like, uh, uh, and I'm like, I'm not gonna pull up my phone like in the theater. But immediately, I was like, oh my god, oh my god! He's like, what? And I'm like, he's changing the timeline, and my dumbass thought he was like changing like everything. That's why people were fading away. I was like, oh, like because they don't exist in this timeline. And then, of course, everyone starts disappearing, and I'm like, oh wait a minute, hold up, hold up, playa, hold up. Yeah. Got a little bit too much dip on your chip. Like, what's going on here? <laughs> like, and then every, and then it just ends. Like, that's it. Like, and it's like, oh, yeah. you, got, you got to wait another year. And it was unexpected. And then it's interesting the characters that they chose. Um, but, of course, it sets it up for, like, now you have the original Avengers, plus some new people, um, you know, so they get some more screen time.
0: Um, okay. Yeah. I will say there was a moment that made me cry in the Avengers films. Oh, interesting. Which, and which I part? And I think it was the beginning of Infinity War – or the beginning – I don't remember. Was it the beginning of Infinity War Part Two? The beginning of Endgame is – Oh. Hawkeye's family. Oh, I, why did I know you were going to talk
1: that? I was like, oh, going to say that one fucking part. Scene is gut-wrenching. I, because I think it's the most humane. I think it's the most the most normal person because Hawkeye is just a dude who can shoot arrows but I think in that moment he's not fighting aliens. He's not no, on a different yeah, planet. He's just a he's normal having a meal
0: we, with his family. We're seeing what
1: people actually went through. Like, this is just a normal day thing. Like, yeah it's like literally if I was you know if I was just hanging out with my dog and my roommates and all of a sudden like every other one of us started disappearing it's that same kind of thing and I think that's why that one opening scene packed a huge punch like just to start that film and I remember gasping like are you fucking kidding me I remember the entire theater yeah it was like a oh no dude the constant <gasps> and then even going back to even watching infinity war that scene the same kind of reaction although we went and saw it twice the second theater wasn't as cool they weren't as in in depth but opening night you know midnight showing the first time that crew was all about the gasps and then of course that was, we, when we went and saw end game same thing like that that midnight crew was yeah. in the same
0: boat that that was at the beginning of end game correct uh yes with with hawkeye's family yeah, i was in the beginning of yeah. end game and then yeah, cause he's just he's he's teaching his daughter how to shoot arrows, mm-hmm. and then they're asking like, what do you want on your hot dog or something, and yep. then I think, uh, what? Sh-
1: they literally turn around and it's just dust, and he's like, where the fuck's the everybody? And then yeah. they, they're like, hey, honey, and he turns around and you could see the the ashes kind of just going off in the wind. Yeah, and then it's like he doesn't know, but obviously we know because we've already seen it. Like so, we just see these three little clutters of. You know, ash and dust just kind of going away in the wind. And he's like, all right, where the fuck is everybody? And then it just cuts to the opening credits. And uh, yeah, I think that was a super smart choice by the Russo brothers to start the film that way. And I think they were going to include that in Infinity War, if I'm not mistaken, and some degree, whether it's an end credit scene or part of the, you know, everybody else being dusted. But saving that for this film to start us off like, this is not going to be, this is not going to end well. You know, that was the yeah. setup. But just to start that, this big finale like this is not going to end well like i, I loved it and that's why i like the russo brothers but again we could talk about superhero films day and night i think and you know, i think that's literally we could probably break it down to like four or five several parts as to talking about the the mcu um hell even the dcu i bet you and i could talk about well maybe yeah. not so much the dcu but the the mcu we could probably talk about for a good while <laughs> absolutely for sure um.
0: I mean it's it's all about relationships, man. It's yeah. all about it's about family, it's about love, it's about creating a connection between the viewer and the character and creating connections between the characters themselves and then you just pull the rug out. Yeah. And and you craft incredible scores like Pixar does and uh, you punch the audience in the gut like Avengers did in Endgame and There are just it's. Films are an experience um, for a lot of reasons, but creating that deep emotional connection that that makes you shed a tear, that makes you, you know, have to kind of cover yourself up in the movie theater, that, that, that makes you. that makes it happen every time you rewatch it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just. I think film is an amazing outlet for that. Creating emotions. Yeah. Um, and uh, we hope that this week maybe you've thought of some of the films that have made you cry, some of the films that have had a much deeper connection with you than others. Um, go rewatch them again. Um, cry a you know, little. Watch laugh th- a little.
1: Cry a little yeah. bit more. And then yeah. cry, you know, pop a pill and go to bed and cry some more,
0: you know? There you go. Pop a pill. <laughs> uh, drugs. <laughs> Anyways, no, uh, don't do drugs. I don't care, whatever. Um, yeah, so watch them alone, watch them with your family, watch them with your significant other, with your friends, with your pets, and just let it all out. Let it all out. Um,
1: but uh, so We told you I was going to get a little bit of emotional. I bet people are going to listen now and be like, oh, Jesus, what a downer, but yeah cry a little bit find a film cry a little bit enjoy yourself
0: yeah absolutely
1: and if you aren't um, crying during really sad movies then you should probably see somebody about that you're probably a sociopath which is also okay
0: but you know you know (laughs) (laughs) you know um pop a pill but uh we appreciate everyone being here as always um i wanted to throw out a recommendation uh do you have one for this week uh, I don't not really know. If you can think of one you've seen recently. Um I will throw one out. Yeah. Um and this is this is actually uh how do I I'm trying to think of how to say it. Um I guess this is actually kind of a it's kind of an honorable mention on my films that, that make me cry. It is a widely loved film. Um, it's not really underrated I don't think um, but I think a lot of people in our generation have not seen it um, uh, The Green Mile um, damn bro That's is an one. amazing amazing movie with the late Michael Clark Duncan and Tom Hanks um, David Morse as well uh, it's it, it just has so many avenues that you can watch it and like so many ways to uh, perceive this film um And it's amazing. It is also a tearjerker. uh, Very Shawshank. Um, So the Green Mile is my recommendation for this week. Um, So, again, thank you all for joining us, for listening. Um, We appreciate it, as we do every week. And uh, we will see everybody next time on another episode of The Long Take.